Here it is. Again. One, two, three, I believe that the music I heard is a killer. It's a killer of hope. It's a killer of spirit. And Devo plays for Muffy's party. We bring you an act who at first may shock you. The Mystic Knights of the Oingo Boingo. Let's go! Hey, everybody. I'm Rob. And I'm Joseph. Welcome to a very special edition. This is the B-52's Deep Dive from Deep Dives and Deep Cuts, the history of punk, post-punk, and new wave, 1976 to 1986. So, Rob, by summer of 1979, new wave was starting to get a, a real toll hold here in the United States, both in the cultural zeitgeist um, and on the radio airwaves. So Blondie's Heart of Glass, mm -hmm. M's Pop Music, and uh, the Knack's My Sharona, all making it to the number one spot on the U.S. charts. But there was still um, a lot of sort of unknowns about the direction that New Wave would take. Mm -hmm. So we have heard uh, several pretty fun New Wave post-punk albums. You know, we looked at Devo, Amarab and Scott, uh, Blondie, and the Rosillos all immediately popped to mind. But in July of 1979... A debut album drops by a little band called the B-52s, and it will play a large part of the reason why, when asked to describe 70s, 80s, new wave, one of the first words that most people use is the word fun. Uh, they brought humor to the forefront for new wave. I would have to definitely agree with that. This band is amazing, and... Uh... The, the humor is is probably the biggest part of the B-52s. I mean, there's definitely that new wave sound, but that humor yeah. is is endearing. I mean, everybody everybody relates to that. And uh, I don't know. I think it's just one of those things that makes them well-loved. So we are going to listen to a lot of B-52s. And as always, we need to kick it off with a B-52 song. This is a B-52 song... But we, what we are going to listen to is not the B-52s. We will explain why that is in a moment. But first, let's listen to really the song that put the B-52s on the map. This is Rock Lobster. We were at a party. Joseph, I cannot tell you how excited I am for this episode. Um, I I am just bursting with with like excitement. I, I it, you know I just have this energy pent up, and I I kind of want to I kind of want to just blab everything. But uh, this is going to be great. I'm excited. I'm stoked. Yeah. 
Yeah, so our, our guests are, uh, this is a first for us. And the fact that we played a cover song uh, is maybe probably a little hint about where we're going with this. Mm -hmm. But first, before we introduce the guests, I want to remind everybody that um, uh, we are talking about music. Music is art, and there is nothing more subjective than art. This is an opinion show, but we do try to be mindful not to get too opinionated because ultimately we are here to celebrate this extraordinary music that was created during a pretty unique period in time. So, Rob, with no further ado, we need to introduce our guests. Oh, my God. Yeah, everybody. Uh, we are... Joined tonight by Matt and Corbin of the band Mock Lobster out of Austin, Texas. The B-52's cover band. Of course. Yeah. None other than. Uh, welcome, Corbin and Matt. Hi. Thanks for Thank having you. us. Corbin, you are the the Fred Snyder. Is I, that, uh, that Fred? I is am. That? I am the, the <laughs> I am the Fred. Um, <laughs> you are the Fred. I am, I am the Fred. I play guitar on 52 Girls, and I play organ on a couple songs, and I play cowbell. And, uh, yeah, I think that, that's about the uh, extent of my, my contribution. <laughs> <laughs> and you give good Fred. I got to tell you, I mean, Fred Snyder is kind of a singular talent with a with a singular sound and i yes. was like a little skeptical about oh man how how, how can you how, how can you do fred snyder but <laughs> i i was very impressed um of course you you have a number of youtube videos um up that i've been uh just inhaling the last several days and i want you to let me know the first time you guys tour california oh we'd love to <laughs> and matt how how about you what what is your role so i i'm the band leader i started the band and i play drums uh-huh uh, so I'm the um, the Keith Strickland uh, sure. early version, and then like all the studio cats that they had in the in the on the later records. Well, excellent. Um, so we have a lot of B52s <laughs> to talk about. So uh, we should uh, move on. I want to let everybody know at the end we are going to resume this conversation about mock lobster. So stick around for that, but. Uh, before we move on, just tell everybody you you must have a website where they can go in and check out some performance videos and all that, right? Absolutely. It's uh, Mock Lobster ATX is what we're under, I think, on Facebook and Instagram, and I think YouTube as well. Mm -hmm. That's correct, Matt. I think so. Yeah, Mo and uh, MockLobsterATX.com. But yeah, um, we do have a, we are on YouTube. Uh, and Instagram there. So uh, I, I don't know how much con uh, video and stuff we have on the website, but you can find a lot of that on, uh, there at, out there on YouTube too. Yep. Okay, so let's uh, let's move on to B-52s 101. This is just going to be a quick overview of the B-52s. So the top Spotify songs for the B-52s, I don't think this is going to surprise anybody, um, by far the most streamed song is Love Shack. I'm shocked. Uh, I know, shocking, <laughs> isn't it? Um, uh, Rock Lobster is the second most streamed. Rome 
and then Private Idaho. So the B-52s, they formed in Athens, Georgia in 1976. They weren't originally known as the B-52s. Um, they experimented with a couple of other names, including Fellini's children. <laughs> right. I have mixed feelings about that. <laughs> <laughs> and they, they, uh, they, they, um, uh, they, they reference Fellini in a later song uh, mm -hmm. called... Uh, um, uh, Juliet of the Spirits. Sure, sure. Yeah. Um, and then apparently, according to lore, uh, the B-52s came to Fred Snyder in a dream. <laughs> I always take those sort of stories with a grain of salt. <laughs> but I don't know about that one. I believe it. <laughs> so the original lineup, uh, B-52s, uh, and this is they... Um, pretty much stayed intact uh, through the 80s with a couple of notable um, instances, which we will definitely get to when we get to. Uh, Fred Snyder, uh, male vocals and percussion. Kate Pearson, vocals, uh, synth and keyboard bass. Cindy Wilson, vocals and percussion. Ricky Wilson, guitars. And Keith Strickland, the Matt of B-52s yep. um, doing <laughs> drums, guitar, and keyboard. Am I missing anything there as far as the musical duties? Well, there's a, there's a couple things. So when they originally started, and I think even kind of towards the 80s, uh, Fred actually played key bass on a couple of songs. Uh -huh. um, and I know, I think it was Kate played, or Cindy, one of them played guitar. Um, so for things like 52 girls and whatnot, they would, that's where that other second guitar would be played. Yeah. I think Kate, I think Kate was more of a utility player like that. She, uh, she, she, she did play guitar here and there. Um, uh, you can see some of that on some old live yeah. footage, some old stuff. If you, if you're digging around on YouTube, there's some gems out there like first or second gigs where they're in these tiny little sweaty clubs there in Athens. And, uh, it's yeah. Those are the those are my favorite per, per performances of theirs. Just those, you know, this just the the er B fifty twos. You know, Fred also played trombone on "Party Out of Bounds." Oh right. And uh, he played uh, Mickey Mouse piano on "Dance This Mess Around." <laughs> okay, Corbin, keeping us on the straight and narrow. <laughs> I just I just want to make sure you guys get your information right. Okay. <laughs> Okay, Rob, you ready to, to move on to album rankings? Yeah, I think so. Uh, and I think that um, Matt and Corbin are going to join us um, for this. We're, we're super happy. Usually our guests defer because they're, they're too chicken shit to, to, to go <laughs> down on record what their favorite and least favorites are. But So I'm really happy that you're, <laughs> you're um, going to join us on that. So, Rob, you want to go first or you want me to? Um, why don't you go ahead? There's really only one album here that I actively dislike. <laughs> um, and then all the rest of them I uh, like to love so um my least favorite album the one that i never listened to is um 1992's good stuff number six is uh bouncing off the satellites number five is their final album funplex 
Number four is 1983's Whammy with an explanation point. Number three is Cosmic Thing. And it's really sort of like a tie for number one slot. But since I don't allow myself to do that, I, I would say that their debut album is my second favorite album. And a nearly flawless album is their 1980 release, Wild Planet. Nice. Very good. Okay. So yeah. so I, I, I just want to mention, quite often, like when we talked about, um, uh, like, Devo or... Um, uh, uh, Roxy Music was a big one. The no. the best uh, uh the 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 rankings lists were all over the place depending on the individual's personality. I I think with the B fifty twos, there's gonna be a little bit of difference as far as you know positions being off one or two. But I think my guess is the overall arc is going to be about the same yeah, for all four yeah. of us. Um. Well, I'll go ahead and give it a shot if you don't mind. Okay. Um, so my least favorite, number seven, would have to be Good Stuff. Um, my number six is going to be uh, Bouncing Off the Satellites. Uh, number five is going to be Funplex. Four is Cosmic Thing. Three is Whammy. Two is a Wild Planet. And number one is their original uh, first album, B-52s. Yep. Yeah. So pretty close. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How about you, Matt? What do you got for us? All right. So um, as as the as Rob and Joseph have already said, um, I would say my least favorite is good stuff. Uh, tried to tried to recapture that cosmic thing magic, just couldn't quite do it, and it really just didn't work. Uh, bouncing off the satellites is next for me. Um, Followed and then uh, the, my next uh, my next most favorite is Funplex. Um, my number four would be Whammy. Uh, my number uh, three would be Wild oh, Planet. Okay. Actually, although it's a great record, um, my number two record is Cosmic mm -hmm. Thing. I think it's almost flawless, and I love the way it sounds. And I, I just love I love that it was there their 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 comeback and it really really just took them to the stratosphere but my number one favorite i'm gonna go with the debut yeah. i just think <laughs> it's i think for i mean i think i said it earlier i think it, it it's the freshest thing that came out in that year you know nothing else like it mm -hmm. okay i think it's really ironic that um so far the worst album on the list has been the one with good in the title <laughs> <laughs> It's like when you have quality seafood in your restaurant name, no one really quite believes you. <laughs> okay, so Corbin, I challenge you to break that streak. What is what is uh, your ranking? I, you know, I I would love to, but for me on good stuff, there's there's two tracks on good stuff that are of note. Good stuff and the song after good stuff that reminds you to press the back button to get it back on good stuff <laughs> so good stuff bouncing off the satellites funplex whammy uh cosmic thing <laughs> wild planet and b52's the original debut um 
Though I feel like it's those top three, like they could yeah. really be. Yeah. They could be any, any any of them. I agree. Yeah. I agree. I agree with that assessment yeah. too. Yeah, I mean they're just such solid albums. I I think the reason why, you know, people would probably prefer the the original, you know, debut is just because there's just so much raw energy there, you know, and I think that's what a lot of people really got onto when they first came out was just how just it was punk, but it was dance and it just was just in your face. Um, and it's not a party without here, here. I've heard that somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) In 1979, the B-52s released their debut album, eponymously titled the B-52s. Um, the obviously the big famous song off of this album is rock lobster but planet planet claire was also um considered a pretty sizable hit for a new wave band at that time yeah Uh, and and a fan favorite for sure yeah yeah absolutely we have already heard um uh, 52 Girls and Dance This Mess Around when we talked about this album in our last episode. Mm-hmm. This is uh, this album is Rolling Stone's uh, 152nd greatest album of all time because we really care about what Rolling Stone magazine <laughs> thinks. And, Especially now. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And um, it... Rolling Stone thinks that Rock Lobster is the 146th greatest song of all time. So we, uh, of course, are going to listen to a couple of songs off of this album. So for the most part, uh, you you two, I imagine with collaboration with your uh, bandmates, um, curated this playlist. So I will defer to you, um, uh, when we talk about the first song we're going to listen to off of this album. Of course, Rock Lobster was on it. We started the show off with your version of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's let's talk about the song Lava. All right. Yeah. It's funny because that's one of those songs that we have to practice over and over again to make sure we don't mess it up. Um, yeah, it's a challenging song. It is yeah, challenging. Yeah, yeah. And that's like so B-52s. Like they just kind of, you know, free form whatever you know let's throw 13 of a thing in here and instead of 12 or an even number right um and it is just it is like i mean rock lobsters are stairway to heaven but lava is a close second um in terms of complexity and you wouldn't think that listening to it you really wouldn't second song that was chosen um i this was one of your 
on your website, I saw one of you listed um, 6060842 as your favorite um, B-52 song. That's was that me. One, that was you. So that explain that. Because this is, this, is this is kind of towards the end of the album, and yeah. it's kind of an easier, it's an easier song to overlook. Yeah, yeah, and it's a very like interesting song because it's it's like it's it's a, like a song about where nothing happens, you know? It's like an anticlimactic song, you know? A lot of songs like love songs or whatever or like oh, you know, hot lava's going everywhere. You know, there's like stuff happening in 6060. It's like it's really interesting because it's just like I'm trying to call, I'm trying to call and then the number gets disconnected. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's just so fun. It's, it's just, it's very similar to moon, I think in kind of drive and intensity, but I just, I just love it. I love yelling hello at the microphone and asking to get connected. And, um, yeah, there's, uh, just, it's just so much fun, you know? And, and I think it's the funnest one on the album. So that's why it's my favorite B-52 song. Tina reached in her pocketbook, pulled out a thin jar, dropped it in the phone line, prayed she'd get the line. It was 1979, um, uh, Joy Division releases yeah. their debut album, and then and then the next month, the B-52s release their debut album. I mean, talk about game changers as far For as real. where New Wave is going. Astonishing. Yeah. yeah. Truly, truly astonishing. Uh, they were not trained musicians. They were they were writing songs together, sort of come you know uh, um, you know sort of uh, c- communistically almost you know like <laughs> like like really like like jamming just sort of it out in and this just in this it. yeah in this weird laboratory right and you know Ricky's playing these odd tunings you know it's just and then they were like writing these lyrics that were that were that were about you know, ridiculous sci-fi and, and just really, really strange. Um, but yeah, so, but, but because they weren't like formally trained musicians, they weren't like, well, we're going to craft this song and it's going to be, you know, in this mode and that kind of thing. And then we're going to do this, this bridge. And then, you know, like music theory, they're like, what's that? You know? So um, Mm -hmm. when I say rough edges, I mean like, like truly, um, uh, Primal, uh, in primal and inspirational. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, no, like no, no preconceptions. Right. Yeah. They yeah. just, they just, they, they, they had a thought. They put it out there and they whipped it up together, and it worked. It all works. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think I... it's a very like dry recording. I mean, it's like band in a room. Let's yeah. go. You know, yeah. and that's right. really the feeling you get. You're just in the middle of it. Right. 
All right, let's move on to the their follow-up album. It was released in 1980 called Wild Planet. Um, I mean, there there are certainly songs off of this album that are pretty well known, but I don't I don't think they actually had what would qualify as a hit at the time um, off of this album. I mean, I I know that Party Out of Bounds was released as a single as a and as far as a couple of other ones, but I, I'm just not aware of them getting much um, like commercial radio play. Yeah, uh, I'd say private, private Idaho came closest. Yes, and maybe yeah. maybe not maybe not right at the time, but again, another fan favorite. They uh, yeah, uh, mm-hmm. they've they've been opening uh, shows with this song for years. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's kind of like that perfect, you know. It's it's a I mean it's 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 a near perfect song, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, when we uh, when we first launched this podcast, one of the first episodes that we did was. Rob and I listed our uh, 10 favorite new wave bands. And of course, the B-52s were on both of our lists. And um, the songs that we picked to feature were both off of this album. So Rob picked uh, Private Idaho. So we've already heard that song. And um, I picked Dirty Back Road, which is my favorite uh, B fifty two song. I couldn't tell you why. For years and years, it was it was a song I just kind of overlooked, but it just yeah. it just crept up on me, and I was really happy to see uh, a video of your band performing this song. <laughs> and it is not it is not like when you go, oh yeah, B fifty two party songs to play live. That's not the first song that that pops to mind, but mm-hmm. it was a very compelling performance. So I was so happy to see that. I love this. I love that song. It, it's a just a beautiful little gem of a song. And 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 as as far as when we when we're performing, Joseph, uh, it's kind of we. I kind of put we put that in there sort of as a palate cleanser, right? Mm. Like we've done mm-hmm. some of the sort of like high energy stuff, and then this pops in to just say, "Hey, this is another facet of this band that you may not be really be familiar with. You may not really have have uh, have thought about them in this light." Talking about this this album in general, um, there is a a term that is quite used for a, a follow-up album uh, for good reason, but does not apply to this album at all, which is Sophomore Slump. Right. And I think that was very intentional on their part. So we we sort of alluded earlier to the fact that these, these two albums were recorded kind of back-to-back. Mm-hmm. And the story is that <clears throat> the B-52s were mindful of that. And so because they had so much material, they were very deliberate about which songs to put on the first album and which songs to put on the second album. So it wasn't like, oh, they they the first album had all their tried and true stuff right. that they had they had uh, workshopped live. And then right. they were scrambling for uh, content for the second album. They had plenty of super strong songs and uh that is it is very clear that that's the case um and i slightly prefer this to their debut album because i feel like uh and corbin now that i know that 6060842 is your favorite (laughs) song you're going to disagree with me but i feel like the first album 
kind of peters out towards the end of side two. Um, whereas, yeah, I disagree with that. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought so. Whereas Wild Planet, I think, just like powers all the way through. Just super solid from beginning to end. I, I can see why you would think that, though, because it ends on downtown, and that's traditionally nobody's favorite. Um, <laughs> so I get that, but, you know, there's there's lava, there's moon, there's yeah, hero yeah. worship. I mean, hero worship is a great song, too, um, and just a stellar performance. I mean, I feel like it's true. Like, I mean, the B-52's first album and the second album, like, there's very few songs that you could not like on either album like that's they're right. very that's right. yeah. consistent albums um and every song is just like oh yeah i'll listen to that why and, not and, and to your and to your point joseph you know when you think about songs like um give me back my man that's yeah. just wow and then and then even the even the, the the weird stuff like quiche lorraine and 53 miles west of venus for me i mean uh, you know i i'm like you know, I can see why you would rank this as your as your top record because I think overall they they they're really I think I got a I, for me I get a real sense of of evolution mm-hmm. even on their second record right uh-huh. yeah and that they're and that they're comfortable doing things they've always been comfortable doing things that are not typical right but but in some ways a lot of these songs. Uh, sound more complete and finished than maybe the ones on the first record. So I can, you know what I mean? And to that point, I think that the B-52s are like their own worst enemy in the sense that the the quality of the individual songs are so high mm-hmm. that we're, when I talk about the weaker stuff on the album, you put one of those weaker songs, quote unquote, on to just about any other album released in 1979, it would be the highlight of the album, right? So <laughs> right, it's like right. you're comparing B-52s to B-52s. Right, so right. so that's that's sort of the point that I sure. want to make. Um, okay, so let's <laughs> let's actually get to some music. Uh, the first song um, uh, that was picked to feature off of this album is the song Party Out of Bounds. So let's listen to that now. song as an as a as an album opener um we have we had toyed with making party out of bounds uh uh the first song to to like a like to start a show or start a set if we're doing multiple sets um uh we i we I, i still think we should do that i think this is just a this sets such a great tone for this record that uh that it's just an undeniable fun great tune Mm -hmm, mm-hmm mm-hmm 
Yeah, not not one of my very favorites off this album. I really gravitate towards the sort of singular weird stuff like mm-hmm. strobe light <laughs> yeah. um and quiche lorraine i mean the mm-hmm. the stuff that when you're so i was probably i don't know 11 or 12 when i discovered this album and that is just like that's right there that was yeah. right there in my wheelhouse so sure yeah The second song that we're going to listen to off of uh, Wild Planet is a song called Devil in My Car. performing devil in my car um it's like being saved by rock and roll is (laughs) the only way i can put it um i mean there's just so much energy in that song it really shows off fred's vocal range um and it's i mean it's just you know 50 miles a minute when we when we (laughs) when we yell help there we go um it's off to the races um yeah i mean what what can you not like about that song okay let's move on to whammy with an explanation point this was released in (laughs) in 1983 it's their drum machine record (laughs) right they had a period it just wouldn't be the same (laughs) yeah right that's right and definitely not a question mark. <laughs> no, <Whammy? laughs> That's the follow-up to Mesopotamia. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Whammy? Whammy? <laughs> this was the first B-52s album I owned, mm. and it was the first, um, let's, Legal Tender, which was a pretty big hit. Um, mm. That was the first song where... I identified it as B-52s. That was the first time I was aware of the B-52s being the B-52s. I had heard Rock Lobster and all of that, but I had no sense of of who the band was. Um, Yeah, they were these mysterious figures. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But 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 uh, but you're right. I remember I remember seeing the video for Legal Tender uh, uh, when it was on on MTV uh, and. like everything, I, I think. I think visually, uh, it you know they they their image is really really uh, striking and singular and mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and interesting. Um, and I I, I I remember seeing this video uh, at the time, and being really struck by them. You know, by 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 you know what what they were what they were all about. What they, what then what they looked like. I, you know, it's funny this this album. Uh, 
I'm not terribly familiar with all the songs on this album, but Legal Tender is the one that I know. But I remember back when it came out, I had a friend named Max, and we would go hang out at his house and just to listen to music. And he would hang his his albums on the wall. He'd you know put pins underneath them, and there they would be on the wall. And uh, Whammy was was like the the eye catcher of of the scene when I came came <laughs> into his room, but. But yeah, it's uh, legal tender is probably my favorite song on the whole on the whole album. Mm-hmm. So the first song we're going to listen to um, tonight off of this album is um, "Song for a Future Generation." This has got to be a staple in your live performance, yeah. You would. Uh, we have performed this live. It uh, it is. Um... Uh, we have results. Yeah, <laughs> we, we we haven't we haven't we haven't put it up in a while. Yeah, I will say um it was funny though. We did it once at this uh at this little, you know, kind of dive bar out in Pflugerville called Hanover's and um we started performing it and then a whole bunch of biker gang guys came into the bar <laughs> and they saw us and was like, hi, I'm Corbin. I like hot tea and hot teas. And they just ran out of there. So <laughs> it, was, it was, it was really funny. I mean, I, I think whether we do it right or wrong, it's almost just, just fun to just see, because I think it's like you said, it was like, this is the B-52s because everyone has their intros and you you get to know everybody's names and yeah. weird yeah. random facts about them. So um, it's definitely a, uh, a fun one and an entertaining one at that. Matt, what, what, do you have a favorite song off of this album, or is it the two songs that we're going to listen to tonight? Uh, I do, I do like this song, uh, and "Legal Tender" and "Whammy Kiss" is a great song too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm uh, like Rob. I this is one that that I I am not as familiar with as some of the other ones, and and we don't play a lot from this record because it is a again, it's a really uh, it, it's another they took another mm-hmm. turn they took right. another detour right and so it's it it's um uh we have to really figure out how to make these songs work with what with the way we do them right what we can do with them so uh, we don't play we don't play a lot from this record although there are some great songs on here you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it's and it's a it's it, to me it's a really fun sounding record it's light it's fizzy yeah. it's you know what i mean it's <laughs> It's 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 silly in the best ways, like they all like they have been so far. Um, 
with a with again a whole new twist in the sound. It's like they've changed it up again. So you know they're really they've they've I think they're a really great band as far as like not being afraid to to do different stuff. What about you, Corbin? Um, for me, I don't necessarily have a favorite. I mean, I've I if there's going to be one I play in the car and sing along to, it's "Song for a Future Generation" because. Hi, I'm Ricky. I'm a Pisces. I love computers and hot tamales. <laughs> it's like, I mean, it doesn't, like, like that's just funny and yeah. fun. Um, I mean, is it is it my favorite? No, but I think like Matt said, a lot of these songs, I mean, they really show what you can do with a drum machine. Yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah. since we don't really, you know, have all these vintage drum machines and drum sounds, we don't really do much of that um but um i've seen the b-52s you know recently i guess you know more currently i suppose play whammy kiss live mm -hmm. and that is a treat i think that's the only one off this album that they still play oh which reminds me important very timely note um the b-52s are currently on their farewell tour what? farewell I mean, tour we yep. will we will take yep. that with a grain of salt because we hear that from mm -hmm. a lot of bands over and over again but officially this is their farewell tour well, let's jump into the second song that we're going to feature tonight off of Whammy. That is a song called Queen of Las Vegas. I want to thank whoever picked this song because I had kind of forgotten about this song. It's kind of towards the end of the second side. And I think I tend to uh, kind of overlook um, some of those songs. I love this song. I've just yes. sort of like rediscovered this song. What a great song. This is uh, Queen of Las Vegas. Mama. I'm not, like I said, I'm not really familiar with this. And, you know, listening to this song again and refreshing my memory, man, there's some good guitar in there. I just like the, I like the pound to it, you know? <laughs> yeah, I think if there's one thing to say about the B-52s, it's underrated. They have so many hidden gems. And I think with the next album, it's very similar. There's, you know, these very hidden gems that just, you'd never listen to, unless you were like looking for them um, and they're just all treats. Okay. Well, I think that is, that is the, my cue to segue to um, the next album called bouncing off the satellites, not released until 1986. So um, the 
longest that the B-52s up to this point went um, between albums. Uh, Bouncing off the satellite uh, had their biggest radio hit up till then with a song called Summer of Love. Um, So we were, um, you know, typically we don't talk a lot about the personal lives of band members unless it's specifically relevant to the evolution of the sound of the band. And um, uh, so because we do want to cover that, we, we at this point, we do have to talk about Rick's, Ricky Wilson's um, yeah. passing. Yeah. So he, he had pretty much done all of his work on this album. And then he uh, passed away um, uh, due to complication from AIDS, and uh, before the album was released. So, so he he did just about everything that he was intending to do on the album, but um, was not able to tour um, for for this this album. And it it had a huge impact on the b-52s yeah i mean he i mean he was such a large component of their sound you know i think there 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 are two 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 focuses of the sound of this band one is the the voices particularly the interplay between kate and cindy singing right those those great dynamic strange but beautiful harmonies and then ricky's guitar playing which was again as as fresh as anything else yeah. around this time, yeah, and completely unusual and unique to him and him alone. And without you know, as as he goes, what happens to the band? You know, I mean, and 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 I think at the time they were like, we can't go on. It's, right. I mean, because the you know he's Cindy's brother, but again, this family, they're like, we lost family. Right. So you know, we're gonna we're gonna really they they really took a a a, a step back and we're like. I, they weren't sure anything was going to happen after this. And yeah. I can see why, you know? Well, so th- this album, I don't love this album. Um, it is to me, it is, um, the quirk is like jammed up to 11 on this album. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait till you look at the cover. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. But, th- but the songwriting is not, in, this is totally subjective, of course, but n- not really up to the B-52 standards up up to this point. My understanding is for the first time, it was more like um, individual members would write songs and bring them in and then they would do it. So the songwriting was not collaborative so much as, um, you know, songwriters writing a song and bringing it in and you you really hear that like on juicy jungle that is all fred snyder (laughs) exactly right 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 well whoever uh picked the song uh um theme from a new beach i thank you i i feel like this is the highlight of the album Oh, you're so welcome. It is, it is quirky, but it is working. Um, so some mm-hmm. of the songs work better than the other. I love this sort of like 
laid back lounge cheese <laughs> that they yeah. like just go a very very natural um, fit for them uh, so let's let's go ahead and listen to that I'd like to uh, point out that this was um, a fan favorite of uh, Mr. Steve Dominguez, who drove out all the way from San Antonio um, for one of our shows, and he was an absolute treat, and he's like, you got to listen to this song, and I did, and it <laughs> blew my mind, really. It was like the free design meets the B-52s, um, and I think, like I said, there's underrated gems yeah. in in mm. this album and in a lot of other ones. One of the few songs that I chose for tonight is actually the second song we're going to hear off of this album, a song called Detour Through Your Mind. This is... I. This album for me is working most when they're like a little bit more laid back and they're not forcing the 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 quirk so much as right. some of the other songs uh you know that that sort of over the top humor maybe getting a little long in the tooth at this point um totally subjective again but that's that's sort of my sense so so but detour through your mind is kind of a detour through i assume fred schneider's mind um <laughs> and it's it's a trip for sure <laughs> yeah and pay attention listen for that listen for that uh, that that uh that backward message at the end oh, of the song a flash of blinding light and we're in an elegantly appointed doctor's office it seems that dr aaron butterfly wants to dip us in plaster and use us for bookends we say to the doctor no Please, no. And then we get the doctor's bill. What a shock. $16,000. And all he wanted to do was dip us in plaster. Detour through your mind is, um, well, I don't know. It to me, that's that's what I call a road trip song, um, because when <laughs> uh, you know we get ready to go on a road trip, we make we make our mixed CDs, and there were there were two songs off of uh, this album that that always made it to a mixed CD, and it was Detour through your mind and Wig, and 
And mm-hmm. so this song brings back a whole lot of a uh, whole lot of nostalgia. And uh, yeah, and yeah, that's I don't know. This is really cool. Um, and I had actually forgotten about the uh, the backwards message <laughs> at the end of the song. <laughs> so. so so Rob, do you know what he's what he's saying? Um, well, so if I remember, it's something about uh, ruining your your needle on your album, playing it back, playing it the other way. Is that? Is that what's going on? That's right. Frank, Frank Schneider is very concerned that you're yeah. going to wreck the needle yeah, yeah, on yeah, your yeah. record player. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> is, I love that. Which is very thoughtful I, I love of him. That. <laughs> yeah. Safety first. Okay, moving on to 1989's A Cosmic Thing. This album was a monster. Mm-hmm. It just ruled summer of 1989. <laughs> it um, was everywhere. Yeah. It, it was ubiquitous. It was. From the get-go, yeah. that first song, that just, you know, that 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 intro, that, that right into Cosmic oh, yeah. Thing. It's just like, oh, my God, they are back. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. You know? Well, and Love Shack was not the only, like, really big hit that they had. No. Rome and Deadbeat Club. Rome was Club. huge. Yeah. Rome, Rome was huge. Yeah. Rome was everywhere. That's right. Yeah. That's oh, right. I've yeah. probably listened. I probably listened to, like, the maxi single of Channel V a million times. Oh, yeah. What a great yeah. song that is. Yeah. Um. Uh, I was saying earlier how uh, um, th- while I while I knew about Lo- Rock Lobster, I knew about the B-52s. This record was the one that really that that I that I was uh, that I that really brought me to them uh, uh, first, right? So I came to them later and then went backwards. But I was listening to this record just all the time uh, at, at, one, at summer of '90, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You could you couldn't escape it, and you didn't no, want you to didn't. escape it. You know, no. it was so. It's just an amazing record. Yeah, and I I gotta say, so you know, the um at at this point they are what they're eleven years into well, actually before that, since they formed in seventy six. So yeah, right. so you know, it's not. I, I think that, that they learned their lesson from bouncing off the satellites, which is, you know, like super high energy quirk is not, we can't really pull that off as well as we used to. So, but the strength of this album is, I mean, it is super fun, but yeah. this is super strong songwriting. I mean, this yeah. might, as far as like from beginning to end, this might be their their strongest album on a pure like songwriting level and yep. the fact that the songs were um, either produced by Roger Niles or Don was probably yeah, had a lot sure. to do with it as well oh yeah yeah absolutely great sounding record you know mm-hmm. uh, and um, you know they uh, uh, Keith Strickland uh, uh, wrote most of these songs. He mm. was really the driving force b- behind the, the songwriting here. And he uh, stepped out from the drums and was playing guitar and keys, I think. He probably did some keys here and there. Um, uh, and But they had all, the, you know, they brought in many different studio musicians. So, you know, pr- real professional sounding record, great sounds, great tone, just a really, really... Uh, uh, you know, just super solid in every sense, right? Yeah, and the great thing too is that even though they had all this, you know, 
pros coming in and whatnot, it's still a very B-52s album. Yeah, still sounds like the know? band. Yeah. And they still, still take weird turns here and there. Like, mm-hmm. um, the ending of Cosmic Thing, like, to get the parts and the lyrics just right, it's like doing the YMCA backwards. Uh. It's like cosmic, <laughs> woo, cosmic thing, cosmic, oh, yeah, break, cosmic, woo, yeah, shake it, cosmic. Like, it's it's a miracle um, to see us, you know, every time we do it, it's a miracle to see us do the ending absolutely right because we've practiced it so much. <laughs> and the, the, my, uh, the, the, I've always thought that this album... For for the for the band, uh, was uh, was directly influenced by their remembrances and uh, of mm. Ricky. Yeah, mm-hmm. very cool. I feel like I feel like Ricky's all over this record without being on it. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, their biographical stuff. I mean, for me, I, I could I could point to any number of these songs and be like, you know, this is this uh, this feels like a song about where they grew up. And uh, apart from Deadbeat Club, which is the obvious one, right? Well, the the First song we're going to listen to off this album tonight is a song called Topaz. I want to thank whoever uh, singled this song out because this is another one I just totally <sighs> overlooked. Yeah, um, it's me again. <laughs> well, man, you are nice. You're coming it up is, aces. So it's a ther- <laughs> it's ethereal and beautiful. Yeah. I just love the the vocals here. Yeah. just love the singing. Yeah, you know yeah. It, it's it's funny when when people when we talk about B52s and I talk about what I love about them. I you know I talk about the great interplay between the male and female vocals and the the high energy and the quirk and all of that. But some of my very favorite B-52 songs are are the like female um, centric, yeah. lovelier sort of pop ear type slow burners, you know, yeah. like yeah. like Dirty Back Roads and this song. I completely forgotten about this song. Um, it's just it's it's just a joy to listen to. can't deny that the uh, b-52's energy is is always top notch and you were talking about how they they coordinate with each other as they're singing you know the male vocals the female vocals this this song is like really tight with all that i mean that everything just fits together it just melds together and it comes out i think it's kind of perfect actually um i absolutely love topaz i love it Absolutely. Yeah. It's like I said, it's so, there's so many underrated, amazing songs that just span the catalog. Um, and that's why I Sweet. chose it. Good, cho- good choice, Corvin. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And the second song is a song called Channel Z. Static in my attic from Channel Z. Getting up the static. Getting up the static. 
can't uh, uh, ignore the fact that they've always been uh, politically aware, politically sensitive, queer friendly, obviously, right? Mm -hmm. And that, and that, you know, you 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 know, you could you could always get a sense of where they were coming from and 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 you know what they were supporting. And I I love this song as a as a real sort of distillation of the of their. A lot of their political, uh, you know, the environment and the, the way the world is going, you know. Um, what a great song. And it's still fun and catchy, yeah, it is. right? Yeah. Well, you, yeah. you, you know, I, I just thought of something that hadn't occurred to me before. But, you know, we uh, when you talk about B-52s, a lot of conversation is like really kitschy and over the top and everything. There's this interesting right. dich dichotomy between that sort of energy and the fact that, be it sex or politics, they just have the lightest touch, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. which is, which I'd never really thought about before. But they, they're they just, they're so smart and deliberate about that, um, yeah. which is not something that I think they get a lot of recognition for. All right, moving on. Um, hmm. Well... <laughs> As much as I want to talk, go directly to Funplex. Um, we do. We do have to. We do have to take a brief stop over it. Good stuff. Oh, yes. It was good stuff. <laughs> it was. Uh, it was 1992, mm. and um, the B52s release an album called "The Good Stuff." Um, I um, I can get pretty snarky. And I try not to, but I, <laughs> but I just will say this: I was grow, I was raised to believe that if you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all. So I will hand the conversation over to you, gentlemen. You know this. I I feel like good stuff. They were trying to, you know, they they captured lightning in a bottle with Cosmic mm -hmm. Thing, right? They they just they just hit all the right cylinder, all the right all the right buttons. And I mean, the same producers, Nile Rodgers and Don was making these songs too. I think they were trying to recapture that, you know, to keep the keep it going. Um, Joseph, you mentioned earlier sophomore slump. This is the sophomore slump right? after <laughs> We've Cosmic reached Thing, it, finally. Right? We've reached the sophomore slump. Yeah, they tried to do it again, and it just didn't happen. Just Probably didn't the obvious go-to explanation um, is the fact that. Um, Cindy Wilson is not on this album. This is the only B-52s uh, album where she does not um, appear. But I got to tell you, I don't, when I listen to these songs, I don't automatically go, oh man, only if Cindy Wilson was on this song, it would be great. <laughs> I, I, I don't think that she is the, the missing magic agreement for these songs. I just don't feel like the songs are there. Um, yeah. This has a super duper hardcore Fred energy. Mm. This whole album, which is a mm. little much for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, wait till we go to the solo albums. <laughs> Perversely enough, actually, one of the other songs that I picked uh, tonight is off of this album. This is the the only song that um, I admire. Um, <laughs> And it is, it's it's really not B-52s-ish at all, but it is just a very nice, calm, sedate little pop song 
Um, Kate Pearson is just is just you know right there making this song work. Once again, it's got that sort of like mellow female energy that I kind of like um, uh, are, uh, uh, connect with with the B-52s. So um, that that song is called Vision of a Kiss. So let's listen to that now. B-52s, they've got this weird quirky energy and to me this is like a lot of the quirk is uh, the, the quirk that I know of the, of the B-52s is kind of gone um, yeah. but uh, you know the harmonizing's all there it's you know it's just a clean mainstream pop song but I do remember it and I, I do have fond memories of it okay let's move on to the second song off of this album we're gonna listen to tonight it was the big hit you know they they actually were nominated for uh, a grammy yeah. for this best album. alternative yeah. record that's right best alternative album good stuff also appeared in a movie um if for those of you 90s people um it was d2 the mighty ducks um there's a scene where the kids are shopping in Rodeo Drive and there's a little fashion show and the good stuff's playing in the background. And that's also how I discovered the B-52s. So, good job. What the youth are getting if goes by uh, many many years <laughs> and then, um, and yeah. so, over a decade yeah over yeah. a decade yeah i yeah. can't imagine that this would ever be on anyone's like list of their favorite b-52 well there's always people out there but you know for <laughs> for the most part but this is a really solid album and there solid is record. yeah there there is some some songs where the songwriting really isn't there, but it's it's pretty well produced. And then there are some absolute gems. Right. Yeah. So I I have um, a, a lot of admiration for this. I was so relieved when I heard this album. I was just like, <laughs> I was dreading it. I, I mean, I was 
eagerly awaiting it, but I was also dreading it. I was like, oh, come on, come on. It's like you want you, you know, you want yeah. your your grandmother after going into the hospital to get up and walk again, you know? And that's, <laughs> right, that's right, very right. much how I felt about the B-52s. This is, yeah. I, I, I have nothing but good things to say about this album. Yeah, it's a fun record. It's, uh, uh, it, it's you know, it's, it still sounds great, right? And uh, and I think too, you know, they 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 they've still been playing, so it's not like they've lost any of their chops, right? What a what a great little album! I think "great little album" is exactly the right term for for, for me sure. as far as for my sure. attitude towards this album. Yeah. So um, another just gem of a the the female energy of of the B-52s clicking into place, um, nice and mellow pop with just exactly the right vibe uh, is probably my favorite song off of the album, a song called Juliet of the Spirits. song is the first song I heard off of that album when it first came out so um, but but Funplex I thought was really great and Juliet of the Spirits was was I think beautiful so yeah good good yeah, tune yeah so the other song off of this album we're gonna listen to is Ultraviolet uh, who picked this song that would be me uh-huh. I think Fred is like in top lyrical form on this song uh-huh. um, you know uh, tell that skirt to take a hike. Keep doing what you're doing, because you're doing it right. Keep doing what you're doing. It's what I like. I mean, that's just perfect, perfect Fred lyrics. Yeah, yeah. And I think all of the all over the album, it's like they got Fred right where he needed to be. You know, they're like, this is this is where where Fred just is so himself and so just owning it. Um, and very confident about it. You know, I think that's that's what I like about this album as a whole is I think the lyrics are, they're very, they're fun yeah. again, you know? Um, and like good stuff is fun too, but it's, it's really just kind of, you know, I can see Fred just, you know, doing whatever the hell he wants and it working. Um, so that's why I like this one. So listen to the lyrics. Spread your wild seed on
Ultraviolet is one of those songs on this album that, again, has like a newer vibe to it, but it still has that old B-52s sound. It starts out with those, you know, the, the background vocals of the ladies, and then, and then, yeah, it's it's got it's all Fred. Um, and and I just want to say that, man, Corbin, every time, every time you 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 just speak the lyrics, you're channeling the man. I swear. <laughs> Yeah. The golden, golden tongue. He's the he's, yeah he's uh he's our he's our secret weapon for sure. Well, it's it's a good thing you guys yeah, didn't it, you know didn't have like didn't start a, a Cars tribute band because Fred would still be there you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, that that is all of the B fifty two albums um, as far as um, studio albums of original material released. Okay, well, so let's uh, let's wrap up the B-52s part of this. Um, uh, uh, just so so many amazing songs that they they have contributed. They are. Um, go ahead, Rob, say it. I know that you've been dying to no, say it the whole I'm episode. No, I'm not going to say it. Well, okay, I'll say it. Um, <laughs> there's a saying that goes on at my house that it's not a party until you're playing the B-52s. And uh, yeah. <laughs> and Joseph's heard it a million times. Apparently, I have to pay him a dollar every time I say it. <laughs> you know, to to the point where I just edit it out of the episode every time. <laughs> wow well it, i'd like to talk to you about yeah, that yeah see see so i want to have a conversation about mock lobster um and i want the listeners to know that we are going to have a conversation for as long as the conversation goes probably mm. most of it will be we'll have to cut out of this episode for time but whatever is cut out we will include in a bonus episode yeah. probably almost certainly the next bonus track episode that we do so please keep an eye out if the next conversation sounds a little short and abrupt that's mm. the reason why and I know for a fact that um, listeners are going to want to check you guys out. And if they're fortunate enough to to live in Texas, um, you know, they might even be able to seek out a show of yours. So how, how do they go about doing it? Do, do you have anything coming up? Um, uh, not not coming up soon but we're uh, we uh, we should be booking some stuff here in the next while we're all uh we're all working uh i mean we're all doing different stuff yeah. right uh all everyone in the band is is uh is in some some of us are in multiple projects so you know we're uh, we're working musicians and uh we're uh, I, I definitely want to get some more shows here on the books so so it, people in Austin and the surrounding area they should be able to see us pretty soon uh, as we've said we are on Facebook we're on Instagram uh, mocklobsteratx.com and you know Corbin can can uh, uh, tell us more about where where they can find us here so, so the best place to go is what your website, as far as seeing um, upcoming dates, is is that is that the most like current place to go? That and our web, our Facebook page. Okay. Yeah, we're always we're always putting yeah. stuff up on Facebook page. Yep. Yeah, I'd say Facebook's really the way to go. Um, but yep. we have stuff on Instagram too, if if you like that. Um, and like Matt said, we 
we have uh, working musicians, we have working stiffs in our band, we have we take all <laughs> kinds. Um, on that note, I would actually like to say that we also have a Venmo at Mock Lobster ATX as well. If you feel like giving us change or something, or just want to say, hey, that's cool. Um, we, in terms of solo projects, which I think is actually really exciting, um, Anastasia Wright, who's one of our singers, um, she's in Hong Kong Wigs, um, and they were featured in Pitchfork a oh, while nice. back. And she's yeah. a bass player around um, doing a variety of stuff. Um, Allie Stuckley, she's in, she was in a band called Scenery, um, and I think she does a lot of stuff with her husband, Tyler. Um, so search Tyler Stuckley on Spotify. Um, I have my own solo stuff, though not very often, but I'm, I'm getting more often um, with time. And you can just search Corbin Young um, and you'll find it there. It's very different uh, from the B-52s, as I think most of the solo projects um, that we have going on. Matt is also a uh, musician, a drummer with... Uh, the Eggmen, who is Austin's local uh, yeah. Beatles tribute. Famous Beatles oh, tribute yeah. here in Austin. Yep. Yeah. And yep. then uh, our bass player, David Houston, he's in five million bands. So if you search <laughs> David Houston music, you'll, you'll find you'll all everywhere. 50 of them. That's um, right. And then the beloved Dr. Trey doesn't do much uh, solo stuff or anything outside of that. But um, maybe when I uh, finish writing that, mock lobster song we'll have them on that so nice very nice well well thank you gentlemen it is it has been a pleasure you've been very generous with your time and insight um and definitely brought the conversation up a couple of notches i really appreciate that yeah it's been all a lot right. of fun it's been great talking with every yeah. all of you thanks for showing yeah, up guys it's been a blast Perfect. Hey, sure. I want to remind everybody that, as always, uh, you can find a link in the show notes to the Spotify playlist, uh, which includes every song uh, that we've heard here tonight. And then we will also, I will do my best. We have talked about a lot of songs. I would do my best to include all of the other songs mentioned um, during this conversation. So, um, that is going to be a super fun listen. So um, check that out. The first Sunday of next month, we, Rob and I will be back. We will be talking about August, September of 1979. Oh, yeah. You thought June and July was <laughs> a monster. August, September, Rob, have have you started through this playlist? Uh, uh, through this, you list know, of I albums? I have. Well, I I mean, I've obviously heard a lot of the uh, playlist so far, but n yeah. but not in research for the episode. Um, it's it's great. I'm excited, oh, man, man. It just it just gets better and yeah. better. So um, so we will we will be talking to everybody very very soon. We are gonna go out. Um. Uh, with another uh, uh, cut, a, a recording of Mock Lobster playing live. This is their version of uh, Private Idaho. Thank you, everybody, for uh, joining us tonight, and we will talk to you very, very soon. Goodbye. See ya. Oh, man, man, man.